Hola, hola, hola. Welcome to a new episode of Breaking Fun with El Profe and Letty. And in this situation, this is going to be really, really different compared to the past as my partner in crime is not with me today. He has, you know, uh, responsibilities that he needs to attend, but he gave me the task to interview two very, very talented Latina graduate students. Both of them are going to an R1 Institute. And I've had the pleasure to mentor both of them uh, during their time in the institution that I work for here at University of North Georgia. And uh, let me just say, we have uh, a lot of stories that we shared. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to mentor these two very powerful Latina grad students. Both of them are, you know, uh, and as they're, I'm seeing tears going down their face a little bit. <laughs> so... Without further ado, uh, Jimena Luna and Madison Rodriguez, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Well, first off, uh, I'm trying to think back during the first time I met both of you. So I remember Maddie, it was actually my first semester working at UNG. It was at the Going Zeta scholars presentation right i did not know if you remembered that or not but yes <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wow. yeah i have a pretty good yeah because that's when you were part of that cohort of students back in i'm talking about the fall of 2018 right and you were going to delonica at that time mm -hmm. okay and then jimena i've saw you a couple of times on campus, but really we didn't really interact too much until I want to say maybe, was it 2020? Yeah, it was probably, yeah, 2020. Like Summer 2020. So again, it's, it's, and that it's been interesting uh, interacting with both of you uh, while you were here as undergraduate students. So with that, as we set the premise, uh, do you care to share just a little bit about yourself, because we always, you know, our audience always wants to learn about the background of the uh, people that we interview. Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess to go like way, way back, um, I was in like a predominantly white area through like high school and like K through 12. Um, and I ended up at UNG Dahlonega for three years um, before the pandemic hit. And then, um, I was at UNG Gainesville for my last semester. Um, so I wasn't really involved in like on campus, um, until like my second year, probably that's when I started applying to scholarships, um, starting getting involved in like student government and, uh, LASSO, like Latin American <laughs> Student Association. Um, and, you know, just really kind of finding my uh, framework and like what I wanted to experience. And that's actually when I started to get interested in research. Um, so I was really lucky to kind of find it um, early on. But still, I, you know, since we were in R3 school, it was very different from what R1 schools experienced. So, yeah. Yeah. And what made you decide to go to Dahlonega? Um, honestly, I just felt it was better to live on campus. Um, my brother went, was the first one to go to college out of our family. Um, and the, and I saw his experience, how he was really connected to his community living on campus. Um, so that's really what pushed me to go to Dahlonega. Um, but sadly, Dahlonega is a lot less, um, like, has a lot less like Latino members and our students. Um, so that was something that was very different between Dahlonega and Gainesville, but um, it was really, it was really great experience to go to both. And Jimena, so tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, because uh, I know your story from what you've told me, but uh, I think I'm, I'm very sure our audience would like to know, you know, what age did you get here to the States? What was that experience like? And then what made you decide to go to UNG? Yes. Um, so I was born in the United States, but when I was three months, I moved to Mexico. <laughs> um, my, both of my parents work in Mexico. Um, so I went with them. 
I always say move, but I didn't really move because, you know, I was never in Mexico. <laughs> so I went to Mexico. And when I was like 14 years old, um, I decided that I wanted to like learn English. And I knew I was a U.S. citizen. Like my parents always told me that since I was like little. And then I always went to like private school in Mexico because they wanted me to learn English. So I, that was like something that my parents always sacrificed. Like they sacrificed all their money for me to be in a private institution. Um, so at the age of 14 years old, I was like, you know, I go to Mexico for a year, learn English and then come back. Um, and well, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> so I got here. Well, I finished um, La Secundaria. So like um, ninth grade. I finished ninth grade in Mexico and then I came here and I started high school. I was living with my aunt and my two cousins and my uncle because my parents stay in Mexico. Um, so I went to East Hall High School actually. And I mean, you know, like, yeah, like I went to private school but the English I learned in Mexico is really different than the English here. So mm -hmm. it, was, it was really hard to get adjusted to like the language, the culture. Even like like my Mexican culture in a way, because I didn't realize like I've been learning so much about my Mexican culture until I'm here in the United States um, than like me living in Mexico. But eventually um, I stay. I decided to stay here. So I finished high school. I graduated and that was like the process of applying to college. Um, that same year, my sister was supposed to start um, the preparatoria. So high school, basically. Mm -hmm parents made the decision to come to the United States for her to come to school here. Um, so they decided to come. And I was like, well, I can't leave anymore, you know, <laughs> like going back because it was like, I don't know, college was really intimidating for me. And I just like, I was like, how am I going to pay for it? Like, how am I going to apply? Like, I didn't know any of the process. And I was the first one going to the, to like a university in the United States. Both of my parents did study, but in Mexico. So the process is just really different. So it was just really hard for me. And it was like, I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to be able to pay for it. And I knew like college, like college was really expensive compared to Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, so I had really good mentors in high school that helped me. Also Hope, I was part of Hope. So Hope really helped me apply to college. Um, so I applied to UNG and Bernal because I really didn't know any any other institutions, you know. Um, and I got in into both of them, but of course Bernal was really expensive. <laughs> so yeah. I decided to go to UNG. Um, then my parents came that same year that I started college, and they my mom got a house in Flair Branch. So it was like 10 minutes from my house. So I was living with my parents. Um, so I did my bachelor's at UNG, and then after I was part of like a lot of organizations too. I got really involved at UNG, so the Latino Student Association, CAM, McNair, the Gosola Scholar. That's where I met Maddie actually. Mm -hmm. um, and then I decided that I wanted to get a master's. Mm -hmm. Dr. Velasquez was my mentor, so thank <laughs> for you, Dr. Velasquez, because I am where I am because of you. Um, uh -huh. so, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm currently at UGA doing a master's in Latinx studies. So during this process, for both of you, what were some barriers that you've encountered while being an undergrad? You know, because uh, it seems like given just both of your backgrounds, you face similar barriers. But at the same time, there were other barriers that, you know, you, you each individually faced uh, that were very different from one, one another. Yeah, um, honestly, during my senior year of high school, um, I was not planning on going to college. Um, my family was going through a lot of financial struggles and, um, you know, I had to get a job and that was like, um, it was really difficult for us. And I actually ended up like telling my dad, I was like, you know, if you want me to stay and like not go to college, I'll do it. And he was like, no, like, um, education is not, is something like nobody can take away from you. Like, that's what you need to do. And so, you know, eventually I ended up applying to like UNG and doing that whole route. Um, so financial barrier was a big thing. Um, and then in undergrad, um, I honestly did not want to commit to psychology because I knew that came with getting a grad degree. And I was like, I cannot, I <laughs> could barely pay for undergrad. How am I going to pay for grad school? <laughs> How am I even going to get to a master's degree? Like nobody in my family's ever done this. So like, 
just, you know, so much of like, nobody's ever done this. I would be the first one. Um, and honestly, it wasn't until I saw you speak that it really like clicked for me. I was like, Latinos can do it too. We can go to grad school. We can be doctors. You know what? Let's do it. And so after that, like, that's really what pushed me. And that's whenever I really started getting involved, looking like how to get into grad school and doing all these things to prepare me. Um, so like, you know, it's something that I've really been interested in my research is like the importance of representation and like seeing yourself in like your teachers, your mentors, counselors, psychologists, all these things, the importance of that, because that was something that impacted me so much. So just wanting to see that for other people. See, I don't, I didn't even know that I had that much of an influence, that presentation that I gave. <laughs> <laughs> because I remember that was one of my first uh, like presentations as a professor. Uh, Libby, uh, Livia Jimenez invited me to give a presentation to the Guinzeta scholars here. And, you know, I was just, I think I just shared my story, right, about what I went through from undergrad to college and now being faculty. And, and I do remember talking to Maddie afterwards briefly because uh, everyone's like, oh, my isn't that uh so i wow i didn't i didn't know i uh i influenced you so much <laughs> things you learn right <laughs> now, now i'm feeling a little shy now i'm a little embarrassed <laughs> oh uh Hibana, so in your case you know you mentioned that you wanted to study a master's but what really triggered that desire to go and study a master's degree because that's not an easy decision, just like Maddie said, because you have a lot of questions. Uh, how do you fund it? Where do you go? How does this work? The application process. Uh, so what really pushed you to pursue a graduate degree? That's a good question. Well, <laughs> for my, for like, my, like same as Maddie, like for my family, education is like the number one thing, right? Um, so my dad and my mom, like they've been like my biggest supporter, like when it comes to my education. And like, I remember like, you know, I re I'm really passionate about languages. So like, I was like doing like, I did my, my bachelor's in Spanish and like a second language in, in Portuguese and then like a minor in sociology. So like, you know, it was a little bit of everything in a way. So I was like, okay, I really don't wanna teach high school. <laughs> I, I feel like I can do more. And then I was doing research with Magnair too, which it was research in psychology. Well, you know, it was like, <laughs> not, like nothing in my area. But, you know, I was really passionate about that. Like, you know, kind of like learning more and like researching and like, I was like, I want to do more. So that's when I was like, okay, like if I, like, I want to do more with my degree, I really need to get a graduate program. Like Maddie said, like that was like the only option. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like, I mean, it was, it was intimidating. It was hard. It was like, oh my God, this is scary. You know? And I think like one of the scariest thing is like, how can I pay for it? Like, how can I pay for it? You know? Mm -hmm. And like, I remember like, I mean, for both of us, like we were Magnair scholars. So like they pay for like applications fee. They pay for a lot of stuff that like I didn't have the money for. Right. Um, so I think that that made it easier. And also like, you know, like our mentors around like you, like Dr. Lin, like other offices, it was just like, you know, there was people believing in us. I mean, I can talk. No, you know? yeah. And it was, it, you know, it was like, okay, they believe in us. I should believe in myself, you know? <laughs> so, sure. I mean, it was, I, I like, I think looking back, like that semester when I was applying to grad school and like my senior year, it was like my, and then my magnetic thesis, it was like, a lot like it was so much like I but that year really prepared me for grad school um so I guess like you know I, I guess I decided that I wanted to do more and like also like representation like Maddie said like you know I wanted to be one of the first one but definitely not like the last one you know like opening the door for all the students that like are thinking about grad school because I feel like we don't really talk about grad school in the Latinx community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a bachelor is like, wow, like it's a huge accomplishment. But then grad school is like, what is grad school? Like what's a master's? What's a PhD? And I mean, these are questions I have no idea about. Like, yeah. like you know, it was like, I remember sitting with you, Dr. Velasquez, and I was like, what is the difference between a master's and a PhD? <laughs> what is an assistantship? Like, what am I going to be doing? And I remember like reviewing my a sentence, like, 
letters and like my assistantships offers like my letters like offer letters and you were like okay yeah this is a good one I was like why <laughs> like I don't get it like I don't understand all these words you know and I think it was like a learning process but I was enjoying every single process like I mean I was crying about it but I was also enjoying it <laughs> um so yeah I guess like representing representing yeah. the community so what was the most intimidating part in applying for grad school, in your opinion? I guess, like, for me, it was, like, am I, like, do do I belong in grad school? Kind of, like, the question, you know, like, am I good enough for this, you know? I Can I do it? I don't know. I think, like, I would look into, like, the requirements, and it was, like, oh, my gosh. Like, do I have this, you know? Do I have this to go to UGA to go to this and I remember like I applied because for Magnet we had to apply to like well I mean I think you made me apply to like A programs <laughs> so you know I applied for a lot of PhD programs and you know I didn't realize that like usually my program requires a master's before going for the PhD mm-hmm. so, you know getting those all those letters where it was like oh I'm sorry we can't offer you it was in, it was also like I'm not good enough, you know? Um, but now, like, I kind of understand. So I guess for me, it was just, like, I doubt myself a lot. Yeah, I, I think I have to second that. Is like, um, feeling and, like, recognizing that, like, these systems weren't built for us mm-hmm. and, like, having to navigate that on, like, our own. Like, so I really only applied to PhD programs, and that mm-hmm. intimidated the heck out of me mm-hmm. um, but like I mean thankfully like my mentors were like super supportive They're like oh like you know no doubt you'll be fine and I'm like uh like I don't know if I could do this for the next five years of my life but um no it's just like you know when I thought of going to grad school I only saw myself getting like a master's tops um mm-hmm. so like applying to PhD programs I was like I'm not good enough for this like I don't think I could be a doctor like I don't know if I could put up with this anymore like it just it's so intimidating because like I don't think I'm meant for this kind of world I guess and like I'm not meant for academia so that's what was really intimidating for me and I know I think I had heart to heart with both of you I remember Maddie when you just sent me a message and it was like late at night yeah like yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, what? What's going on in here? And then you know, we, we had a, uh, I think we had a video chat that day or that night, that evening, or one another evening. Uh, so, based off of those, like, were there any moments where you just like, just you know, I'm done, or I don't want to do this, or uh, because I I hear that a lot, especially with Latinas, especially with Latinas, where they're like, uh, Doctor Velasquez, I don't really know if I want to do a PhD anymore. You know, it's like the whole process is so intimidating. Uh, was there any moment where you're like, that's it? Like, no, no, no. Like, well, like, I need to step back and this is maybe not it for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you mentioned, the summer before, I was really intimidated because I started comparing myself to my cohort members who are super amazing and like they're all super talented and super smart. So, like, of course, I'm going to be intimidated by them. But like, you know, you reminded me, like, you can't compare yourself, like grad school is your journey. Um, and so it really, like, I think what I kind of lacked was like self-confidence in like who I am and what I bring to the table. And so that's something I'm still definitely working through, but I'm definitely more confident in my skills and my abilities and how like, I'm really like going to be impacting my community and, um, and like my field in general. But like even this summer, like <laughs> this recent summer, I was like, honestly, maybe I just shouldn't go back. Like <laughs> good enough. Um, but that was just because I was having so much difficulty with like research being just like pushed, pushed, pushed. And I was like just having a hard time like being at this R1. So that was my difficulty with it. Mm-hmm. What about you, Kimena? Did you have any tests where you're like, I know what now nah, I'm done? Like I think like I like it's funny because we were literally talking about it like before like because <laughs> I haven't like I haven't seen because um for all of you guys to know like Maddie and I are currently at UGA together so like we started grad school at the same time 
Um, so we've been going through it together, which is really nice. You know, having a Latina that can really understand what you're going through is really helpful. Um, so she came into my office and we were like, and she was like, I'm done. And I was like, me too, girl. Like, is this week been killing me? Like this, and I was like, and and, and we're talking about how we're not gonna have a break anymore, you know, because finals papers are coming up, meetings, like research, like our comps are coming up, which comps are like exams that we have to take to like, you know, me to get my master's and my to like pass a year, I guess, right? For me to be a doctoral candidate. Yeah. Which is a whole nother lingo that I'm just now figuring out. Like it's it's a mess, but Oh yeah, I, I remember learning about doc being a doctoral candidate and what it consists stuff. Brings back memories. Yeah. So like yeah, so we were talking about it. So you know, it's always like I I I think I struggled the most like last year. Like last year was like really hard for me. And you know, it was there was a point where I wasn't even enjoying being like a GA. I wasn't enjoying like teaching, like because I have a teaching assistantship. So like I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was being hard for myself. Like I was comparing myself with a lot of other classmates, like other students. And it was like, okay, why are you comparing yourself? You know, and like, you know, like being here, like I realized that like I enjoy research, but not as much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay, you know. It's like it's been it's like even it's been like a journey of learning a lot about myself. And it's just crazy how capable we are of doing so many things. Like, you know, like if you see our schedule, like we're talking about our email, it's like, we got so many emails and like, and usually it's like, okay, like, I like, oh, I'm glad it's not just me, you know? So like, it's, I guess like, there's times where I'm like, I'm done. Like yesterday, I was done. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want to do anything. Like, I was just burnt out. I was like, I can't do this. And like, you know, I made myself like clean my room. Um clean cook clean my bathroom like okay I'm still gonna be productive but I'm not gonna do school today so it was just like it's like learning to take care of yourself and your your mind you know and kind of going by like okay you're already here you're already sober a whole year you can't quit anymore like you know it's like you're already but you know I feel like I'm sure that is part of it you know and you know I, I think it's nice that like we always go through it but today you know I finished a whole book so it's like you know I did it you know I needed that break I took that break and I feel like last year I didn't know how to take breaks and I was uh-huh. just being proud of me so so you mentioned both of you mentioned you know like UNG smaller institution now you're going to a much larger institution can you describe really or compare both of these institutions, the environment, the type of students that you're interacting with. Uh, Because like you mentioned, you know, you're teaching, you're teaching undergrad students, right? And you were an undergrad not that long ago here at UNG. So can you just describe, because I think a lot of, like you mentioned, you know, you you learn new things along the way. The difference between an R1 and a non-research institution. And, uh, an institution that has graduate students versus an institution that doesn't have graduate students or has more like an online graduate program versus in your case, you know, you're going face to face. So can you just describe the type of student, the environment, the atmosphere, uh, going to a much larger institution in comparison to a smaller one? <laughs> it's funny because we are also talking about this. Okay. I haven't seen Maddie in so long. So we were catching up. <laughs> My roommate has a horse. So then the other day she was like, oh, I'm going to take my horse to the UGA clinic. And I was like, what? I was like, are you going to take your horse to the UGA clinic? Like, what? Like, you're going to take your horse to UGA, you know? And I was like, I'm so mad. I was like, so UGA has a clinic for horses. Like, it's a bad, like, you know? And I was like, that's just insane, you know? Because she's like, she was talking about his, like, clinic. And I was like, it's just crazy for me that UGA has so much, you know? Like, things that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. um and you know like I feel like at UNG like I was comfortable like UNG gave me the best experience like I'm really grateful for the people for the experience for the opportunities but I was just comfortable like it was like my safe space like I knew I knew where to go when I needed something you know who to go to and like people knew me people oh at least they knew about me and like you know it's like it was just so comfortable and like I needed to get out from it. And I know you told me that. <laughs> you were like, <laughs> UNG is a great school, and like, but you already graduated from it, so you have to go somewhere else, you know? Um, so I think coming here, it was like the perfect, you know, the perfect um, institution for me, just because I'm still like far, but not super far from my parents, you know? 
because sometimes like as a you know as a Latina like I'm family is like really important for me so you know after a stressful week I get to go home and it's it's nice to be able to go home you know um but yeah so like I don't know it's just completely different you know <laughs> like even teaching I think like um whenever I started at UGA like I remember going to one of the HSA events like the Spanish Association event and I just felt like I couldn't fit it you know even though I was in it was a, I was a man I was one of the officers for the Latino Association at UNG it, it was just the environment was really really different and I feel like I was maybe close-minded in a way because I was like oh you know they're like bigger school better school I don't know um and eventually, like now we're taking a class with undergrad students, you know, and this is it's so nice how much like they care, you know, mm-hmm. and how much they put the effort to be here. And like, you know, they also go to the same struggles we go through. So it's so nice to like work with the Latino community here, um, but also with the non-Latinx community as well. Like I'm currently teaching um, two classes, 1001 Spanish, and I love like teaching like I love like how how hard my students try you know like they do want to do well in, in their in their classes and I think that's something that like maybe we don't see as much at UNG and we, it can be part of the culture too you know at UNG a lot of the students have all their responsibilities you know they go to they go to class and then they have to go work because they have to provide for their family they also have to like pick up their sister because they're the only one that drive in their family you know there's a lot of other things that maybe like moving away from home give you more opportunities to get involved with the community get involved with the school like activities um so yeah like I don't know it's just been it, I mean I like I said like first like my first year was challenging mm-hmm. and it was really hard I I also was dealing with like depression and anxiety because I couldn't get used to it you know mm-hmm. and this year it's just been amazing you know like I've been enjoying so much my community like getting involved with the Latino community here and Athens like getting involved with like my department more I guess like just believing in me and like knowing like I deserve to be here even if this is an art one you know mm-hmm. so yeah what about you Maddie yeah, so my transition has definitely been interesting. <laughs> um, cuz going back to that whole idea of like feeling like I don't really like fit in here, um especially coming from a smaller like institution, um like at UNG, I was like one of the few students to do research. Like that was like something that people were like, "What? Like who how did you even get into this? Like what?" So whenever I came to UGA and especially my program, like, you know, they want you to have research experience like off the bat. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just like, ah, you're just another, you're just another person. I'm like, oh, dang, well, um, <laughs> and I mean, that's totally fine. Yeah. But like, <laughs> even with that research experience that I got at UNG, I feel like I was still not prepared to do the research here. Like, and not that like my experience with research wasn't great at UNG. Like it was the best experience ever. It was just like here, I feel like they expected me to know like right off the bat what I should be doing in research and how to set up a, uh, how to design something or like a, a study already. Like I'm telling you the first week that I was here, my my mentor, love her death, she's great. But she right off the bat, she was like, all right, time to start thinking about your thesis. I was like, huh? <laughs> like I just started my first class like yesterday. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so, I mean, I think here also um, they're very like, um, since they are so research focused, like they want you like right off the bat, like let's get into it. Let's, uh, let's start um, submitting articles. Let's start peer reviewing and let's start, you know, so there's so many components of academia that I did not know existed. And I mean, I figured it out that first week, like I knew that (laughs) it was a lot, but like going from such a small, like university that was not very research heavy to this R1, like, I did not realize what I was getting myself into with research. (laughs) And like, sadly, it kind of pushed me away from research and academia in general, because I was like, I'm not, I'm seriously not made for this. Like, 
I mean, I thought I knew what research was, but now it's this whole new idea. Like maybe I'm not as passionate about it as I thought I was. Maybe I'm not meant for this. Maybe it's not going to work out for me. So it was a lot of frustration of like not understanding what my thesis was about, even though it was something I was interested in. So just a lot of confusion and self-doubt that was coming into play. Yeah, and I can relate to a lot of what both of you said, you know. Uh, I did come from, I think, an R3 at the time. Uh, and then I went to an R1, but I didn't know I went to an R1 until people started throwing the term R1. Yeah. And I'm like, research one? That means essentially uh, faculty members have to get million-dollar grants to get tenure. They have to publish like crazy to get tenure. They have to have graduate students uh, who are also publishing, doing thesis. They have to be on committees. Uh, so it's a completely different world. And learning about all of that is it's intimidating. It really is. And just like Maddie said, you know, it can be off-putting doing like research, research, research. I'll never forget. I think I've told you this. Uh, after I think I was doing, I think I submitted my first paper or I did something research-wise. It was my first year. Uh, I collected data. That's what I did. And then I was sitting down waiting for another meeting, which was going to be about a meeting about research projects. The department chair comes up to me and she's like, how you doing, Efren? And I'm like, fine. And I told her what I did and me being all proud, like, oh, this is what I did. And she's like, good. Okay. You need to start thinking about the next project. And I'm like, what? Like, let me yeah. enjoy this moment. <laughs> and and that can, again, be extremely off-putting uh, because of this mentality. Uh, so you mentioned the, this atmosphere, this atmosphere of really just being so research-heavy, very intense. What resources are available to you that maybe you did not have at UNG? Funding and data sets for sure. <laughs> um, so thankfully, like I'm um, able to do like a secondary data analysis for my thesis. So that's mm -hmm. honest. Like I didn't realize how much of like, um, like how grateful I should be for that because it really speeds up the process with my thesis. Um, and like having professors who are so involved in research, it really exposes you to so many things. Like I was able to help, um, you know, review articles for uh, a journal that my, um, that my mentor is like a peer reviewer on. I said, mm -hmm. terms. But um, so like, you know, seeing that other people are going through this process and like, you know, they're getting accepted and rejected and all these reasonings. <laughs> why they're getting accepted and rejected. So seeing like the other side of research and really being uh, exposed to all these things, it's, it's actually really great. It's very intimidating, but it's super great. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned money. Uh, conferencing. You went to a conference we talked about right before we started the podcast. You went to a conference. Uh, if you don't mind saying, how much did you pay to go to that conference? Like in total? <laughs> Well, no, how much did you, like, out of pocket versus... Oh, out of pocket, I didn't pay anything. So, mm. thankfully, I have a research assistantship. And um, so, I have, like, $2,000 for funding. So, it was... It, it, which is, like, <laughs> from what I've been told of people from, like, my undergrad, like, my old... Uh, one of my other mentors from undergrad, I told her, like, yeah, this is how much I get for funding, like, every year for, like, my two-year assistantship. She's like that's like more than I get this year. And I was like, oh no, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, that's great. That's amazing. Like, I'm glad you're getting this funding. So funding is definitely um, something that really brought me to the one, to the R1 institution. Like um, that was really a big game changer for me. Wow. That's a lot of money. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> so, what advice would you give students that want to go to grad school but don't know where to begin? Hmm. Oh, made you think. <laughs> I think keep your options very open. Um, honestly, I did not want to come to UGA. 
um, just to be completely honest, like I was really looking to leave Georgia to like move on to something new, like impact my community, like in a different kind of situation. Um, so I was really set on like going to Maryland actually out of all places, um, (laughs) just because the program was really great and, um, super great faculty. But then I went through interviews here and I was like, wow, great faculty here. Like research is super big here. Um, so I ended up staying, you know, like 30, 40 minutes from home. Um, and it honestly just really worked out. Like I really found that this place fit me so well. And um, I wouldn't have really, I honestly applied to UJ like kind of on a last whim. Like it was one of the last places I applied to. So just keeping my options open really helped me like find my perfect fit. Mm-hmm. What about you, Humana? What, what advice would you give to someone that's just like, all right, what, you know, I want to, I want to go to grad school. I guess uh, just apply. <laughs> I would just say like, just go ahead and apply. Like um, work on that person to stream it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess like, just believe in yourself, like believe that you can go, you know? Um, and also like, nice, like, you know, have your options open. Cause saying like, you know, I wanted to go get a PhD, you know? Uh, and like, I remember like a lot of schools accept me with a master's, right? And like one of the universities that like was offering me like a pre-doctoral program was the University of Washington in Seattle. And I remember I was between that one and UGA, like those were my my last, like my top two options. And I know looking for Alaska really wanted me to leave. <laughs> like, get out. I'm like, other side of the country looks pretty good. Seattle. Um, and you know, the funding was really good too. But I guess like I feel like when you know, you know. Um, and I think that's one of the advices that you gave me. So I guess like just go through the process, go to the interviews, like, you know, like look what they can offer you, um, because you're offering a lot too, in a way, you know, like it's not about what they can give you. Is also about what you can give them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like I think during my interviews, one was when I realized like UGA is the place. You know, like mm-hmm. also like looking into who you can work with. Like I think that's really important. Like because once you start a grasp, like you usually have to work with a professor. So make sure that there's someone that you can work with that like aligns with whatever you want to research about. So I think that was one of the main things for me. Like I met Dr. Amayo Pozo, which she's amazing. And we had like a meeting before and I was like, yeah, soy de aquí, you know, it's like, I have to go to UGA. Um, and just thinking through, you know, you talk about, you've t- we talked about your experiences as an undergrad. We've talked about your experiences as a graduate student. Uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought. I hate when this happens. That's like, I had a great question to ask you that. So we're recording this. It's almost eight o'clock at night. Uh, so our brains have been fried. Like uh, Maddie mentioned that she's been in campus for since 745. Even how long have you been on campus? 9 a.m. <laughs> you're, you're, you still have an extra. I've been on campus since 730 uh, as well. So me and Maddie, we're, we're our, our, the little El, el Monito está. uh so now now okay no 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 no, it's coming back to me (laughs) this is this is something that always happens after a while this is and this is our my first time doing this all alone so this is a a definitely a different experience uh i always used to larry asking a lot of questions so we balance each other out he asks more of like all right the life questions i ask more of the academic questions so so now I'm like, I'm like, I need to, I need to spice things up now. <laughs> <laughs> so relationships, I'm not talking about like, you know, like romantic relationships. I'm just talking about relationships. That, okay. that, that's, that's, that's uncharted territory. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I know. That, that's like ooh, touchy subject. Uh, Talk about it. <laughs> not I don't have much to say. So. <laughs> Let's talk more about familial relationships because you mentioned, you know, you're close to your families. What have been some of the struggles being in graduate school and and then, you know, having your family so close? 
I think having to explain to them that while I am close, I'm still not able to go home as often. Like whenever I told my dad, I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to UJ. He was like so excited, like thrilled. And I mean, he didn't really understand what I was doing, but he's thrilled nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he was like, oh, you can just stay at home and like, you know, just travel like to UGA, like commute, make the commute. And like, I had to explain to him, I was like, honestly, I don't think I can do that. Like, it's just, it's going to be so intense. Like I already, I'm already Mm -hmm. terrified of what, how it's going to be. Like, I just don't see that being an option. Um, And like, even now, even like last year, um, you know, I would not go home very often just because I was so stressed. I had tests, I had, um, like observations I was doing. And then this year, like I'm in my department clinic, I'm, uh, volunteering with like other groups, I'm getting more involved. And like, so like so much of my time is being taken up. Like, um, I've been trying to like go home more often, but it's still just so hard. Cause even like, if I do have a free day on the weekend, I'm like, no, I got to spend it studying or no, I got to write up this Mm -hmm. report or no, I got to study for this test. Like, and so like, I'll still be able to call them. And, um, it's kind of hard because then they'll call me like while I'm in clinic all day. And like, I'll have to call afterward. Like my mom called me like two or three times while I was like testing, uh, one of my kiddos. And, um, and I was like, ah, sorry. Like I was testing like all day, um and she's like oh yeah you know I just wanted to call you chat and I was like that's okay but um you know I gotta go record I gotta go help one of my profits so like I can't talk to you until later tonight anyways so just like it is hard having to explain to them that like I can't do as much as I'd like to and like having to tell them no so. mm-hmm. yeah I guess like I can really a lot with that um more like last semester like I was going home every single weekend and not just for my parents, you know, when we come, we can talk about relationships, you know. <laughs> so I would go and see, like, my significant other at the time. Um, but also... We'll Rest in see, peace. <laughs> like, oh I would go gosh. see, like, my parents, right, every weekend. So I will, I remember, like, I would leave after my class because I was teaching a class at 9, 10. And I would be done by, like, 10. So I would just, like, get into my car. I had all my stuff there. I would drive home because my parents don't work on Fridays. Um, so I would drive home and then stay the whole weekend. And sometimes I wouldn't even come back until like mo- Monday morning. Like I would drive more than Monday morning to be in my class. Right. Um, and I would do that like almost every weekend. Like now, like my friends, like they always make fun of me because they're like, you always go home, you know. Um, but, you know, for me, that was just so important. Like it was just like I need like I just felt like the responsibility of going home. Mm-hmm. and I think that's something hard to deal with more when you're in grad school um you know like for me it was like I need to see my parents like and more I feel like I feel this more because like I came alone and I was here without my parents for four years for four years and then they came for my sister and me both of us I guess um and you know it's like I'm leaving again and it's just like you know that joke like like la culpa that you're like they came for you and you're leaving um so and and you know like I talked to my therapist about this a lot of times like many times and she's like well do they make you feel that way and it's like no like my parents don't make me feel that way you know like I talked to my dad like at the beginning of the semester and I was like this semester is just gonna suck you know like Mm -hmm. I have so much going on that like I'm gonna be so busy and my dad's like if you can't come don't come Uh don't make yourself come like he's like you can call us we can talk for like 30 minutes and then you can do your stuff. So like, it's not like they're putting pressure on me because they're really not. I'm mm-hmm. putting pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like trying to be there for the family parties, you know, trying mm-hmm. to be there for like them, like trying to help them translate, help them. You know, it's like a lot of responsibilities and it's hard to find a balance. And I think I didn't have a balance last semester, last year, the whole year, I would say. And, you know, until this year, and I guess that's why I'm happier this year because I got to like get more involved with like the community here um so I don't know it's just and then I remember like I struggle a lot with that because a lot of the students or like my cohort they are international students or they like they're not from Georgia Mm -hmm. their home is Athens you know Mm -hmm. so they get to stay every weekend like I mean they can't go home you know some of them are from Spain they just can't go to home um so like you know a lot of them were like um why do you go home every weekend and it was Mm -hmm. so hard to understand that you know 
And I was like, I just need to go. Like, I need to go. Like, I have a feeling that I just need to go. Like, if not, like, I'm not going to have a good week. Um, mm-hmm. But this this year, I've been, like, better at it. Like, now, like, I, I, I still go a lot. But I don't stay the whole weekend, you know? Mm-hmm. And I try to do more meaningful things with my parents. It's also, like, it's hard when, like, I told my parents, I was like, well, I come every weekend. Why don't you try and go to Athens? Like, we can have lunch. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they're always like, mm, no, we're fine. And it's like, you know, <laughs> hard too because it's like I wish you could come and see what I'm doing you know mm-hmm. I wish you could come and see UGA because you have no idea how big UGA is you know mm-hmm. I wish you could come to my office and see what I'm doing you know like maybe that like I don't know like I want like I know you're proud but if you would see what I'm actually doing you'd be way harder you know so it's kind of hard like to find that balance when like you're doing the drive and you know it's only an hour away but that's two hours I could be reading <laughs> I could be writing Mm-hmm. he's sleeping mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so I guess just yeah I think it's just hard like because family is so important for us mm-hmm. and that can be really hard when you're in grad school and you have so many responsibilities and, and you know then- it's just like I really just want to sleep like <laughs> you know like rest like we we're talking about this before like Maddie hasn't read in so long that like she needs to rest. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've caught up on sleep. <laughs> so what happens when you party, Maddie. You know, that Denver trip, I'm telling you. That's not it. <laughs> like, I know. Feeling that responsibility. Like, um, my dad, like, going to Mexico, like, this mm-hmm. week. And, um, and I told him, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take you to the airport um his flight leaves at like seven so I have to get up like at 3 a.m and 7 a.m I have to get up at like 3 a.m to go and take him and like I was even explaining this to my cohort and they're like what like like what are you doing like that's crazy and I'm like yeah I know it sounds crazy but like mm-hmm. I mean I'm just gonna do that for him and even if I like lose a little bit of sleep like I mean he did the same thing for me like just this last week I know he would do it for me any other day of the week mm-hmm. any other time so like of course I'm gonna do that for him like no questions asked um and he even told me he's like no like you don't have to do that I could like ask somebody else and I'm like no like I like I want to do that that's something I like really want to do for you yeah and and you talk about you know balancing just everything and it is a juggle you know you have so many lives in graduate school your assistantship your personal life, your student life, your thesis, and in your case, Maddie, your clinical life. Now, it's tough. And, and finding that sense of being happy can be a challenge, especially for first-gen students. And, and hey, man, I think you're happy because, you know, you got rid of some people or, or someone in specific. Now, I won't go to details, but... No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, always grateful of every experience in my life. <laughs> Way to be diplomatic. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He's so. really trying to spice this up. Well, he said, oh, you want spice here, dude? He's trying to be lady right now. Larry, we miss you a lot, man. <laughs> uh, you know, I've ha- it's been, a, uh, I know we haven't talked in a while. I saw, Even though I saw you when I went to Athens for the UGA game. It's late in the evening, so uh, I'll just say, uh, you know, both of you are really amazing. Uh, It was a privilege to be somehow involved in your undergraduate training, and and honestly, it's it's, uh, a pleasure to see how you've grown, you know, in the last two years, and it's always fun to talk to y'all. It's always fun to just talk to you, hang out. Uh, just always a blast. Uh, do you have any, I guess, final piece of advice that you would like to give, uh, you know, people that are listening to this podcast? I guess for me, um, I would just really like to make it known to like the Latinos, Latinas, Latinx people like listening that like, you know, grad school can seem intimidating and scary, especially like at R1s, wherever you end up, but like you belong there, like you really do. And I mean, it may seem even scarier when you don't have that representation, but like, I hope that you make it there and that like, you're the one to open the door, you know, to start the wave. Yes, I would say the same thing. If you wanna, if that's something you're looking for and just do it you know like 
there's gonna be ups and downs like we talk about like you know you'll be crying someday <laughs> a lot a lot of time but you know at the end of the day I feel like you know it's it's nice it's nice to be taking the spaces and it's really like it's a blessing to be where we are Maddie like you know I'm proud of you girl <laughs> um but you know like I think you know like it's also okay to ask for help I guess like you know like, you know that like this is not like it's not meant for us you know um and it's gonna be challenging and we're probably you're probably the first one in your family to go to college like to get your bachelor's so grad school can see way more intimidating but there is resources and then there's like the institutions want you here that's for sure like they want representation so they Mm -hmm. want you here um so like take advantage of that and also like you know kind of like um just know, like, I guess, like, just remember that you can do it if you want and that you do belong in these spaces. Because I know it's hard, and I think, like, for both of us, and even for mm-hmm. you, Dr. Velasquez, I mean, like, now, like, as a professor, there's times where you're kind of like, oh, like, you know, it, it can be harder, you know, mm-hmm. to be in spaces and more in academia. But I feel like just being authentic to yourself and to your culture and to your identity and, like, you know, embracing everything that comes along with that um so and of course like we're here if you ever want to talk about cross school um, uh-huh. more than welcome you know I think it's it's nice to be able to talk about it because it just reminds us of why why are we here uh-huh. and why are we doing what we're doing every day um so yeah si se puede si se puede <laughs> <laughs> no without a doubt you know like those challenges that you're facing and, and have faced it really will make you stronger so again and both of you definitely epitomize uh, the word perseverance uh and you still have a ways to go i know you and i we talked about the next step uh yeah. for you right which they're like ah. and maddie you're you're getting there you're getting there you know closer to being a doctoral candidate. Uh, so I'm proud of both of you. So uh, with that in mind, uh, we are going to conclude. Thank you both so much for again, being uh, here to join me, even though it was virtual, still much appreciated. And Maddie, please go get some sleep. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's on launch. Yes, <laughs> yeah, having eaten dinner, not gonna lie, but it's okay. <laughs> but All right. no anytime all right thank you everyone for listening we'll catch you on our last episode of the season Uh, whenever it's uh, recorded we're still trying to figure that out you know we take it we we take things on a whim but everyone have a great great rest of your day thank you and god bless